Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. Good morning, y'all. Y'all doing all right today? Awesome. Thank y'all so much for being in the house today. Uh, I believe we're going to have a good day in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So let me uh, real quick just introduce a few of you guys, a few of these guys. If you don't maybe know who they are, uh, down on the end, this is Kurt McCollett. We call him Guido. Anyways, so this is Pastor Tommy, Wes Benham, Steve Longfellow. Yes, he's royalty from England, if you didn't know. And uh, this is uh, Adrian Simmons, Christopher Hine, and uh, this is David Thompson, who became uh, famously known as Dave, Doug, and Phil over the past few days. So he answers to all. I'm hoping that's not split personalities. But anyway, so if so, we have deliverance. Anyways, so uh, the reason they're joining me here this morning is because uh, some of you guys may know the eight of us actually just returned from a wilderness leadership intensive uh, where we, along with seven other people, hiked and camped in the backcountry of Wyoming for 10 days uh, in what's known as the Wind River Range, which is part of the Rocky Mountains. So listen, just kind of give you a little update. During our time in the wilderness, uh, we hiked over 40 miles uh, with probably an average of about 55 uh, pounds on our back with one of these uh, lovely backpacks, as you saw there. And um, things heavy. Anyways, so we, we climbed uh, thousands of feet of elevation. We probably ended up somewhere around 12,000 feet. And, and I want you to know that when you live at sea level... And when you go to 12,000 feet, man, the air is really thin. And hopefully this doesn't offend anybody. But, uh, you know, I never thought in my life that I would get out of breath by just going to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry if that offended you. Um, good thing my mom's not here. Anyway, so li- listen, so obviously while we were gone, man, I'm telling you, there was days where it was like super hot. Then there was other days uh, where the temperature went below uh, freezing. Actually, one day, uh, Wes took his wet socks and he put them on his trekking poles uh, because he wanted them to dry out. And he woke up the next morning and it was shaped like a boomerang because it was frozen. <laughs> you literally could throw it. Anyways, so, uh, you know, there was thunderstorms, man. It was lightning. There were torrential downpours. Uh, it even began to, uh, we began to have snow flurries, uh, I think twice and even held on to several occasions like uh, dime-sized pieces of ice and uh, you know we we crossed rivers man we traversed boulders uh, uh, you know with steep cliffs that dropped that dropped uh, hundreds of feet in fact I got to tell you this just because it's funny for you guys to know Adrian um, we were coming down this canyon it was probably about 2,000 feet. I mean, it was, I mean, it was gorgeous. In fact, if you can throw up the picture of David there, uh, we were we were like probably a thousand feet of more that way uh, on that canyon right there, and and what happened was that actually we were walking and literally, you know, you're you're basically moving over these boulders. You're on this like little like goat trail coming down this thing, and literally at one misstep and you're gone. So that that's like the intense moment we're in with that big old bag on our pack, uh, bag on our back, and uh, and Adrian in the middle of that, knowing that you could die in about a thousand different ways, uh, she screamed, "Spider!" I'm like, what in the world? You know, basically there was a spider web, and all she could think about is a spider that could kill her versus falling to her death. Anyways, so, and if you know Adrian, she smiles a lot, and she's super sweet. She took her trekking pole and basically removed the threat, you know, as far as the, the spider web, and then she apologized to the spider, sorry for killing your home. Anyway, she says sorry all the time. Anyways, so, um, 
Anyways, and then, you know, a few days later, actually it was like, I think two days later after that, we actually encountered a crazy moose that we nicknamed Disco Tim. And uh, Tim, it's about 1030 at night. Uh, Timmy, Timmy got fired up at us because I guess we were... Uh, Whatever, we all were looking at him with our headlamps, and he had his lady with him, and, uh, and I don't know if he thought we were checking her out or what, but anyway, so he, he ended up going crazy and like trying to charge us and stuff like that. You never saw 15 people scramble so quick in your life. I was like, somebody's going to get hit by this moose. Anyways, so then, then one night, and you'll hear actually about this quite a bit, uh, we, we were the most time on trail, um, but where it got really real is we went three miles on trail one day, and then we decided we're going to go off the trail. Uh, but not just like off the trail. We're going to go down in this canyon, and uh, and we're going to finish uh, two miles, basically route finding in this canyon. Well, that uh, two miles ended up being ten and a half hours of walking, and uh, and so there was a few of these guys here. These three guys with two other people, they made it to the X. Uh, the rest of us were were basically wandered around in the dark and mountain lion and bear country, and uh, so I'll just say this, and I'm sorry, I'm. I'm Whatever. We, we got really comfortable with each other, so I'm trying my, not to bring that comfort here today. But uh, so, so I, I dropped my left trekking pole one time, and I went to go pick it up, and it was in mountain lion scat. That's a humbling situation right there to go, I am not in my domain anymore, right? And, and so anyways, it was that, that infamous night where, you know, once again, 10 and a half hours of walk, and we ended up basically like 10.30 at night calling it quits and just finding a place to sleep. It actually took us two hours to find a place to be able to set out a tent uh, because we were on sheer cliffs. Anyways, it was that infamous night we encountered a wild animal that we were not prepared to face. Uh, but I'm actually going to let Chris tell you about this because uh, super intense, super scary moment. Uh, but thankfully, we all survived. All right, so a little context, if you will. I spent 10 years in the military, so for me, being alone or being with people in the dark wasn't that scary because I had night vision, so I could see at night, and I had a big gun in case I saw something that I didn't like at night. So take all that away, and now I'm in the woods with bear spray that I've been told is comparable to an M4, which I seriously doubt. Um, So... Here we are walking through the woods. We've been hiking for probably seven hours off trail, eight hours off trail, to cover a mile and a half, maybe two and a half miles, somewhere in there. So we're not going to make it to the valley. We can see the valley, and there's no way we're making it to the valley. So we're hiking through, and probably, I would say, the only place in the mountains, at least what I thought, was where every single tree fell down all at once. So there was absolutely no way to walk straight through. And again, this is something that they probably all didn't believe. I had a pretty unrealistic fear of the dark. I would call it healthy. Um, They would say it's unrealistic. So here we are walking through the woods, and I've already seen bear poop. That's okay if I can see. Yep, poop. Bear poop. Big pile of bear poop. So I know that we're not alone out here anymore. And he's already seen the wildcat scat, which is mountain lion scat. So we're walking through, hiking through, and all of a sudden we come up over this one rock, and there it is in the distance. You can see these two glowing eyes. And my immediate response was, hey! Like, I thought for some reason, if I yelled, hey, that it would run away. I don't know if it's just like my own version of a growl or a grr. So it's just, hey, stay right there. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking. And everybody's like, why is he saying hey? Why is he saying hey really loud? Um, they have this really high-pitched hoot thing that I'm not going to mimic. But that's what you're supposed to do when you see a wild animal. Yeah, hooty hoo. Anyways, um, so I didn't do that. I'm like, everybody be quiet. I need to talk to Bailey. There's two eyes up here, and I need to talk to her. And she's like, what? What is this? I, like, I see two eyes. She's like, well, get loud. So again, hey, stay where you are. And all of a sudden, this thing starts walking towards me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
he thinks I want to hang out with him. So I don't know what to do. For me, he looks like about 100 yards off in the distance. It's a mountain lion. I'm convinced. It's definitely a mountain lion. So it's, you know, little beady eyes really close. So that tells me he's far away because it's a mountain lion. So as it starts walking down the trail, I'm like, can you see that? Do you see it? No, I don't see it. And he's getting closer. It's about 30 feet away. I'm like, how do you not see it? It's right there. And I look back to look. And then I look back and it's gone. I'm like, oh my goodness. We're in cliffs. There's like these rocks up above us. And all of a sudden, I'm like, how do you not see it? Where is it? And all of a sudden, I look back and there's a young lady with us from Kentucky. She goes, oh, I see it. And I turn around and there it is, the ferocious mountain lion weasel. If you can see it. I don't know if you can see the picture up there. Ten feet away, sitting up on its hind legs, just kind of looking at us like he's bored with us, mildly annoyed that I was yelling hey at him. And then David just looks at me and goes. <laughs> so that was the night I got terrified by the mountain weasel. The mountain weasel. Anyways, dark fangs. <coughs> Literally from the back we heard bear. Then we heard, oh, it's just a raccoon and it went up a tree. It's amazing how communication changes from first person to ten people. And then we found out it was a little fluffy there, like a stuffed animal. Anyways, just thought we'd share that moment with you. But anyways, um, listen, while the things we mentioned, I would say, beyond that guy, were challenging, uh, stretching. Uh, for the most part, man, we had a whole lot of fun. And, you know, we, we really, if I can say it this way, we really put ourselves in, in those uncomfortable positions, because how many of you guys know, I'll just say it this way, um, the bathroom doesn't follow you, the nice porcelain toilet doesn't follow you in the wilderness. Y'all don't even know, I'm just telling y'all. When you got, when you got to say, hey, I need, I need three people to go to the bathroom with me, that's not normal life, right? I guess it is if you're, maybe if you're a woman, but for a dude, that's not, so anyways... That just came to me. So anyway, so, so, so listen, but we put ourselves in, in this really uncomfortable positions for two reasons. The first reason is this, is so that we could be better equipped with the skills or the tools that we need to be successful in leadership and relationships. In other words, uh, we went with the idea of, hey, we want to be better leaders. And the second reason that I think supersedes that one is the reality is, is we, we really want to, be too, we want to counter God. Right? That like, like, I just think if you intentionally remove yourself from the clutter and the day-to-day distractions in this life, and, and you actually position your heart to hear from God, he'll speak. Right? And, and not only will he speak, I believe, and this is what our prayer was, is that he would begin to reveal and heal things in our lives and in our hearts. And, uh, and I want you to know that's exactly uh, what we're going to talk about today. In, in fact, I'll say it this way just to set it up. Um, the morning that we were leaving the church that we kind of spent the night at, was kind of, they called it uh, home base or whatever. What do they, they call it? Big house, thank you. That, you know, where we kind of set up shop uh, before we went out to the trail. In other words, we woke up, prayed, then we had a six-hour drive. Uh, that morning, the Lord spoke something to my heart that I believe was, was to, so I could position my own heart in faith. And I shared it with these guys, hoping it would do the same with them. Uh, but this was the verse that the Lord spoke to me. It's Hosea 6.3. It says, so let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully that uh, the greatness of the Lord to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. And this key part, that his appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. You know, another translation was this, and this is actually a translation I heard it in. As surely as the sun arises, he will appear. 
And what, what I believe that means is this, is that there's no one in this place this morning that woke up and thought, man, I just hope the sun shows up today. Anybody? No, in other words, there's an expectation, there's a faith that we know, man, the sun's going to come up just like it comes every day. And in other words, what I believe the Lord was telling us, man, look, you can have sure faith, I'm going to meet you there. Amen? So, and I want you to know that's exactly what he did. And, and if I could... Uh, man, sit here, if we could sit here and just tell you all the ways that God showed up throughout our trip, we'd be here for a while. Uh, but, but we're going to focus really on one certain moment, uh, basically one morning that we had. And if we can, I'm going to throw up another picture. This is basically one of our classes. It, it, you know, it kind of looks flat, but it actually drops off, I don't know, 120, 140 feet, something there. It goes down the hill to the, to the river there or to the lake. And, uh, but th this picture was taken actually on our fifth morning of the trip, and it was that morning that Garrett, Garrett is actually the guy sitting on the ground with the, with the blue jacket with a little hood on, uh, sitting beside Chris and, and big dude, uh, King Steve there, but uh, he simply said this, so we, we were kind of just getting ready, it was actually after our sit time, after our prayer time, he gathers everybody up and he says, okay guys, I want everybody to go find a, a rock the size of your fist, and so he gives us a minute, we all wonder, and, and we all try to find a rock. Of course, it was bigger than this, but it's the best I could do this morning. And, and so anyway, so he said, grab a rock, sides of your fist, and then he began to tell us the rules. He said, guys, the rules are simple. Uh, basically, you're going to go through your routine of, of cooking breakfast, uh, packing your bags, changing clothes, and all that, and you cannot put your rock down. You can swap hands, but you can't put it down. Uh, because if you put it down, you got to pick up a bigger rock. So... So, you know, it didn't work out. There was a few fellas that, that needed to do another part of a morning routine that's essential to life that they, you know, it's hard to do that holding onto a rock. And so they had to put it down and they had to get a bigger rock. And, and Wes here, Wes came back with a rock about that big. In, in fact, he put it down, he got one, and Garrett visited him with another, with a really big rock, right? Thanks, Garrett. So, so listen, so for about the next 45 minutes or so, uh, we went about our business uh, holding a rock in our hands until we were told, told to circle up in the class. Once again, we got the rock in our hands. We got our notebook and our and our pencil, uh, pencil pen. And uh, you know, I'll just say this: it's really hard to tie a shoe with one hand, right? And, and so then, then Garrett he actually said, "Look, can I have some volunteers to read these five verses? And these are the five passages that we read out loud. I'm going to read them to you today for context sake. But the first one was this: Galatians five one said, "Is for freedom that Christ has set us free." says, stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened. Somebody say, be burdened. Again, by a yoke of slavery. Then it says in Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your cares. We can say, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Aren't you thankful for that? This is 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And he says, cast all of your anxieties. We could say, cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. The fourth one was this, Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. How many of you guys know burdens can hinder? It says, and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And the last verse was this, and it goes with the first one, John 8, 31. It says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. From what? Sin, yes, but also, I believe, from burdens of this life. Amen? 
So listen, once we uh, read those scriptures out loud, Garrett asked us if it was easier or if it was harder to do everything we did during that 45 minutes that morning uh, while we were holding on to the rock. Now the answer, especially if you were Wes, was, man, it was a whole lot harder, right? And, and then he began to compare that rock that we had in our hands uh, to how we carry burdens in this life. Watch this. Then he mentioned this statement. Please hear what I'm about to say. How we can sometimes settle for a burdened life instead of a free life. In other words, we get so common carrying something that we forget the man that Jesus, is, Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through redemption, he has promised us a free life, not just from the forgiveness of sins, but a free life from even the burdens of this life. Amen? Amen. So listen, then he encouraged us to do this, and this is the whole reason I'm telling you all of this. He basically asked us to take a moment. Once again, we were sitting in that circle, and he asked us to just go say this. He asked the Lord, Lord, what burdens am I currently carrying that I need to let go of? And, you know, in, in you know, obedience and surrender, whatever word you want to use, we just begin to pray that. And, and he said, look, I'm going to give you the next five minutes as you pray and you ask the Lord to, to take your journal. You'll see some people have it. Tommy, hold it up. In other words, we all have this little book. And just say, look, you know, write down what the Lord speaks to you. And after about five minutes, he said, okay, it's time. And, and we were finished. And then he just said, hey, is there anybody in the group that would like to share what God showed you? Y'all listen to me. Um, I, I love it when somebody, it was so simple, just goes, we're going to give space to God. And God went, <laughs> He just showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up in that circle in a real way to do this, to reveal and to heal. Are y'all hearing me? And that's what we're going to share with you today. So uh, please, please listen to, in fact, before I do, can, can I tell them the story? You okay with that? This was awesome. So, so we were encouraged, just a little moment for humor. Um, we, we were encouraged uh, after this moment where we're in that, can you throw the picture back up in the circle, please, and actually leave it up? Um, thank you. So, so when we're sitting in that circle, once again, the Holy Spirit fell. And, and after we're all boo-hooing and snotting and crying, because there was a lot. I mean, we basically just started praying for each other and had an altar service right there on the mountain. Uh, we were encouraged. Garrett said, hey, look, there's a, there's a lake, you know, right down there. And when you're done, we want you to take that rock that's been, that represents the burden you've been carrying. And we want you to throw that thing in the lake. And so uh, after class, we broke up in our three, uh, you know, hiking groups that we normally would do. And, and on that, uh, that day, me, Steve, and Tommy, and Bailey and Kyle were together. We were the last group to leave. So all these guys, they went up that mountain that you see on the other side there. That was not a fun walk, by the way, that early in the morning. And uh, so the, anyways, they went up that and uh, we got down there, and we found a spot that was, like, great. We, we came down that hill, and once again, it, it's pretty steep. And, and we're, like, I don't know, 20, 25 yards. Maybe he said that. I felt like more like 40 yards to me. I don't know. But he, look at that. So, anyways, so, uh, anyway, so we were going we to throw the rock in there representing our burdens. And so Bailey, who is actually the, uh, what, what did she win again? Basically, she was the female athlete of the year her senior year, she played softball in the state of Alabama. Okay, so she's a really athletic gal. She played catcher. And so she gets up there and she heaves the rock and it, and it hits the ground and it bounces in the water. And I was like, oh, God, hopefully we can get it there, right? So I'm like, if she can't get I might struggle. And I've dislocated the shoulder 14 times, right? So, so Steve gets up next and Steve's ready to claim his freedom, right? Because Steve had an incredible moment on the mountain. And, uh, and so he grabs his rock, and, and uh, remember, he's got this big old 
backpack on his back with 50, probably close to 60 pounds of this guy, and, and he heaves the rock. But how many of you guys know when you put all you got like this, when you got a 55-pound bag on your back, it doesn't stop. So, so Steve went, whoosh. <laughs> like, it, it, seriously, as God my witness, there was a little drop-off, probably from the table to, like, to the floor right here, and then it kind of started leveling out. Steve rolled down that in about three or four flips, <laughs> and we called it the freedom fall. My brother got free that day. Anyway, I was just so glad he wasn't hurt because he's out there walking around with messed up knees. Anyways, so, all right, I said that for fun. I don't know why. Anyways, so, so listen, all these guys are about to share with you today, okay? And we're going to go a little longer than normal, and hopefully you'll be okay with that. But, but I do want you to know this. Uh, most of these guys up here, they're not preachers, okay? And, and so this today is a really, really, really big step out of their comfort zone. And, and I just want you to know that as they share it is definitely going to require a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability on their part to share the things that they want to share. And they're not going to share everything that we talked about in the mountain, but they're going to share enough. Uh, but, but I kind of felt like this. After that day, I just started praying that for the next few days. Once again, that was midway of the trip. And, and I was just praying. I was like, Lord, do you want us to have this moment this morning? Because my faith is, is that, that what happened with these guys will hopefully transfer to us if we'll open our hearts. Amen? Because, listen, we, we are a place that believes in family, right? And so this is what happened with some family members, okay? And we believe the same freedom that they experienced, it can happen to, uh, with you as well if you're willing to open up your heart and really be honest and let the Lord speak to you in the same way that he spoke to us. So, so what's the goal here this morning? Is that, that we would allow God to come and reveal and heal. Amen? Amen. My man Kurt's up first. He makes this look so easy. It's not that easy. Um, I want to read a brief passage um, out of Britt Hancock's book um, called Apprehend, and I recommend all of you go get a copy. Britt's the one that said, um, anything worth doing doesn't come easy. So I just want you guys to really listen, really listen to the words that he's saying here and pay attention. He says, as a Christian, I've always gravitated more toward becoming than knowing Becoming the message more than knowing information, I believe that the fundamental ingredient of a personal relationship with Jesus is the ongoing process of becoming a living, breathing message to those around us. Becoming creates living testimonies. Testimonies matter because they are the stories of real people working out their journeys with Jesus. Some people may diminish testimonies because they think testimonies are not at the core of the kingdom, but testimonies are proof of transformation. If there's no transformation, we've not met Jesus. And without meeting Jesus, we cannot go to heaven. Testimonies are the tangible proof of salvation. Without testimonies, there's no victory over the enemy. Sermons teach. Testimonies demonstrate the message. Knowledge is sterile and powerless until applied. The Holy Scripture, written down, and given to us in book form, only works on the human heart when it is either read or heard. It must then be understood and appropriated in a living, breathing life. A testimony of the truth means that a person has, in essence, become the message, the living proof of the risen Christ. So that's what we're doing up here today is 
sharing our testimonies with you all as proof of the risen Christ. <clears throat> um, so I want to tell you guys that um, for a lot of years, many years, many, many years, um, I've been tormented by crippling fear and anxiety. Satan, the great liar, has in the past been able to silence me by telling, by whispering lies into my ears, lies that condemn me. You have nothing of value to say to these people, he would say to me. Who do you think you are? He says, I, I know who you are. I know what you've done. Do you really think that after what you've done, God can use you? You're worthless. Be quiet. Sit back in the safety of silence and take comfort and security in not speaking. Recently, a dear friend told me, you can look for security in the comfortable places, but that's not where you're going to find God. That was Steve who said that to me. I want to tell you guys a quick story of um, revelation and freedom that happened on this trip. One of our constant prayers every day was that God would open our eyes and open our ears so that we could see and we could hear what it was that he wanted to say to us. Um, God can speak in a variety of ways on a daily basis if we're in tune to what he's trying to say to us. So... Uh, one particular morning, Pastor Dusty Hammock, one of our instructors, was talk he was taking an opportunity to do a little teaching on the trail, and that, that's actually his real name, Dusty Hammock. I don't think that occurred to anybody else but me. I was like, is that his real name, Dusty Hammock, or is that like his, his fake trail name? Like, I want one. Um, so anyway, this moment, uh, Pastor Dusty was talking to this student about um, not dis making decisions based on fear as it related to hiking on the trail. And um, what I heard him say through the Holy Spirit was that I can't make decisions based out of fear in my walk with Christ, in my service to Christ, which I've done for a long time. Um, Pastor Dusty shared that an instructor once told him to allow his body to do what it knew to do naturally on the trail without overthinking each action and paralyzing himself with fear. And so what I heard was the Holy Spirit say, allow yourself to do what I prompt you to do unnaturally with God's strength and not your own, boldly with no fear. So I, I remembered this and I wrote this down in my journal um, I wrote this excerpt in my journal, and I'll just share it with you. This is exactly what I wrote. I wrote, Pastor Dusty said something today that really stuck with me. You cannot let fear dictate your decisions. Makes me think, how would I live my life for Christ in the absence of fear? Live for Christ in the absence of fear. So I just want to share with you guys and encourage you, you don't have to hike 40 miles and climb elevations of 12,000 feet to earn the right to lay your burdens down?
Jesus Christ gave his life to pay the price for those burdens. They're not yours to carry anymore. Lay them down at Jesus' feet. He's paid the cost. They're not yours to carry anymore. So, if you're here today and you're crippled by fear and anxiety, and you're listening to the lies that Satan, the great deceiver, is whispering in your ear, I'm here to tell you that you can lay that burden down and be free. I invite you to lay that burden down this morning and be free. Um, at this time, I just want to share with you guys a couple of verses. And I want to encourage you guys to write these passages down. And write down every passage that's going to be shared with you this morning so that anytime you doubt God's goodness and his love, you can refer to these passages and you can know the truth of God, how, of how God sees you and how he feels about you, okay? So uh, first, 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. 2 Timothy uh, 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then finally, Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So I just want to encourage you guys to search your hearts and um, ask yourself, what burden are you carrying that God doesn't want you to carry? What burden are you carrying that Jesus already paid the price for? Um, and casted it off and, and uh, experience that freedom that um, Jesus died on the cross to, to buy for you. So I just want to kind of keep in that vein that Curtis just been talking about. So there was a lot of us in that circle, like PQ said, there was 15 of us in total. And um, when Garrett opened it up for us to speak and share, there were several of us in our group that spoke out, and it opened up such an incredible Holy Ghost moment. And as we were starting to kind of transition, you know, you could tell, um, it was like, all right, well, if no one else is going to speak, we're going we're gonna to pray for these people specifically um, for what they've said, and we're just going to get around them, and, you know, we're going to encourage them, and we're going to believe, and God began to do such incredible things because uh, he, had, he had already invaded that moment. And as I was standing there, um, and it was winding down, you know, the last person was getting prayed for. There were things that I had written down. There were things that I knew uh, that in my hand and that rock that represented burdens. And I had felt earlier that I, I, maybe I should share, and I didn't want to because I'm a pastor on staff and I'm supposed to have everything together. And, um, and I didn't. And so I began to hear that kind of voice in my head, just like, you know, Kurt talked about, no, you didn't share anything. You didn't say anything. You can write it down on a piece of paper all you want. You can hold a little rock and participate in the activity, but you didn't do anything. So you're going to stand up and you're going to walk away from this place and you're going to be the same. Well, I was determined to shut that voice up. So I asked when the moment became open, if I could go ahead and say something and, um, that also, in, in essence, opened up an entire second wave of, uh, of ministry because everyone's like, I want to say something too. I want to say something too. And um, 
And basically, I just told everyone that um, the Lord had gifted me with a skill set that allowed me to be very competent in the ministry that he had given me, but it also gave me the ability to hide the things that I struggled with. And in that past year, I said that I also had struggled with a lot of crippling anxiety and fear that I was able to just deal with and put under and just press on, nobody, not really telling anybody about. And I just, I apologize to PQ and to my comrades, you know, my, my friends there for just, you know, keeping it hidden. And, and, um, and I told them that I felt bankrupt as a person, as a child of God. I just, and I brought up not that my wife and I have any problems, but she's one of the only people that I'd really let know what was going on. And, and I told them all that my wife would just say that I just want my husband to have joy. And, um, and so I, I threw it down and fell and blubbered and cried and it was real and it was honest and it was amazing because there's freedom in bringing what's in the dark to the light because the enemy doesn't have power over it. Amen. And so in that moment, I threw my rock as well, PQ. And, but if I can kind of add to what Kurt was saying this morning, because God showed me something a couple of days later that kind of puts feet to this faith in action over fear. So PQ brought up that we did a time where we were off trail. And so that morning, the group that went first was uh, Wes, Steve, and myself. And um, PQ's mentioned Garrett. Uh, he was our um, our um, our instructor team leader that day, but Steve was leader over the group. So Garrett would guide him, but he was really in charge of our group and the decisions that we made that day and the places that we went. And so we decided as a group, because the option to stay on trail was, you know, before us, but we were like, no, we're going to go, we're going to go. Um, let's do it, you know, let's, let's enjoy it. But what we didn't realize and looking over the maps and over the topography of the area was that even though it was, you know, the, as PQ mentioned, the, the, the canyon hadn't really gotten super sharp, it was still pretty gradual with that river running down. And it was only two miles. We're like, oh, two miles. We can do that. You know, we've got that, two miles. But we didn't realize is that, as, as Chris brought up in his story with the mountain lion weasel, um, just it felt like hundreds of miles of downed trees and boulders and things that don't show up on the map. And once we got into it, we realized very quickly that this was a lot more involved and a lot more serious than just the simple act of stepping off of the trail into the grass. And as we continued to push forward, it wasn't just, you know, going in and out of the river all of a sudden because that canyon wall went up like this. And so we couldn't stay on the river anymore. So we realized it was impassable. So we have to go up this cliff face. And you're not just doing two miles. You're doing what felt like 100 miles because you're having to zigzag and climb over everything. And your body feels like it's just being pounded. And you've got this pack on your back. And the four other guys that I was with were doing awesome, and uh, after a good long while, it became very apparent that I was the weakest link out of the group, physically speaking. And uh, I just began to expend everything that I had, and I was just, I was just exhausted. And even in the midst of all of that, I found myself going like, God, <sighs> it's more like that, you know, like, God, God, you know, is there anything you want to say to me right now? I'm listening. I'm trying while well, I'm trying just not to die. And of course, you know, Mountain Gateway is the name of, you know, this group. And so we were in the mountains. And so the imagery of the mountain is ever in our minds, right? And so what, I, what came to me in that moment is like, the mountain doesn't care if you're tired. 
the mountain doesn't care if you're the weakest member of your five-team group. It's not going to change. Because each one of us were given these field journals and of the three instructor team uh, members, um, a number of us were put underneath each one of those and um, they wrote, uh, if they were our advisors, they wrote a note at the beginning before we ever started. And so my advisor was Garrett and Garrett actually wrote a letter of encouragement to me in this journal and he wrote the verse in here that I want to read this morning. It's out of Joshua chapter one, verse nine. And it says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that last line there hints at action. Because I'm going to say this to you this morning. The devil doesn't care if you sat in a circle and blubbered and cried and did a little rock thing with your friends if you don't do anything with it afterwards. And what God showed me two days after that incredible time in his presence on top of the mountain, two days later on that ravine, was that, you know what, many of us face real discouragements and we face real fears and we face real challenges and that God is willing to do it with us. But the simple fact of the matter is it doesn't always mean that the way is just going to open up for you. Because I even found myself at one point going, God, can you please just make these trees go away? Lord, it's two miles, like we have an endpoint, right? Like there's got to be an end to this in sight. And that's when I recognized that my circumstances were not going to change. I was the one that was going to have to change. We had made a decision. We had thrown our rock. We had gone, we're going to go off trail. We're going to do this. We're going to walk in this path. But it became very apparent very quickly that it was not going to be an easy way. It was going to be very difficult. And at a certain point, there was no turning back. And Garrett looked at our group and said, guys, the only way out is forward. And I couldn't feel my thighs. My knees were giving out. I mean, just my legs were jelly. And I really saw the character of Christ with these two guys specifically. Because they came and they helped me with my burdens. At one point, we stopped and all four of the guys said, Tommy, here, take some weight out of your pack. We're going to carry weight for you. Because we recognize you're struggling, man, and we want to help you. And Wes and Steve stayed with me in the back and just made sure that I got over. And, you know, and, and, you know, <clears throat> at even one point, Wes is telling me, Tommy, I want you to just stand up tall. I want you to take a deep breath and just push, man, just push. And what I saw there was the character of Christ and what God wants to show us in this moment. God will be with us wherever we go, but we have to go. If there's things we're dealing with, just because we've made the decision doesn't mean there's not still going to be difficulty. But just as Garrett showed the character of our leader with Christ, because obviously he had to go forward and make sure there were pathways that were safe for us to go, and as Wes and Steve were staying back with me, and there were people there to help me with my burdens, and there was a leader there to make sure, yeah, it's tough, but I'm, I'm going to map the way for you. I'm going to show you. But I couldn't just sit down in the middle of the forest and go, I'm too tired to keep going, because that wouldn't have accomplished anything. It literally would have accomplished nothing. Nothing would have been accomplished. And so I had to negotiate with myself and I had to negotiate and make the choice to keep going because I knew I had people with me that had my back. And so if I can encourage us with anything today is that the Lord promised he would be with us wherever we go, whatever we're walking through. But we have to make that decision to keep going because he will give us the strength 
and he will put people in our path to help us. So for me, my burden that I talked about and received prayer for was on the mountain was, bur- uh, was worth. Um, the worth uh, for myself, especially the way the Lord sees me, and the Lord declares. Uh, so, you know, that's been something that's been a, a struggle through, just throughout life that, you know, again, you can always put on a good, you know, face and presentation and, um, but we all have those things that, that are a burden that, you know, adds weight over, over our life. So, so for me, um, before we went, uh, it was, it was my hope that the Lord would meet me in the mountains and, and he did that morning. So while we were in that circle and they were praying for me, uh, the Holy Spirit impressed on the group and, and it was prayed over me uh, to be released from the pain of, of losing my mom. Um, I lost my mom when I was in eighth grade and she had went through uh, years of battling cancer, um, about five, six years, and just watching her body, you know, slide to, to the point of, of death. And um, her, uh, she was a spirit-filled Christian. Her, her story wasn't a, a story of healing, but it was a story of faith to the end. And uh, she was an inspiration to a lot of people because of that. But, you know, regardless, it left me, uh, you know, a 13-year-old boy just transitioning toward manhood without uh, the encouragement and the love of a mom. And, you know, my dad was then forced to do two roles and, and just was, uh, you know, wasn't able to fully provide all that that, you know, the perfect environment would give you. So, so I, I realized, um, I guess after probably a year of her passing, I, I, I put her on the shelf. I, I closed off that, that thought, you know, that parent and um, sucked it up, grew to, you know, grew into manhood. And so, but there she sat, you know, in my, in my heart anyways, for 27 years until that morning. And as the, the, <clears throat> as the group was praying over me through the Holy Spirit, it, it, it opened up and, and the Lord was able to reveal that wound and, and I wailed and allowed the, the Lord to just wash over me and, and heal that wound. And I was released from it. I was able to, <clears throat> at that point, I was able to understand that she's with the Father and, and that she loves me. And, you know, through life, we, we may lose those encouragements or someone might disappoint us, make us feel of less worth or, you know, people, people are human and they're with flaw and, and, and they have pain in their heart, things that we create ourselves and things that other people put on us. But, we have the promise of the Father. So I want to read a couple of verses. This is, we call it a verse. This is, this is the truth from our Father. So, so 1 John 3, 1 in NIV, uh, how great 
is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Matthew 10, 29 through 31 in the Passion. You can buy two sparrows for only a copper coin, yet not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Aren't you worth much more to God than many sparrows? So don't worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. So, yeah, it would have been, it would have been really nice and encouraging if I was able to receive those words of love from my mom, from a, a you know, person I grew up with and trusted, but God has promises for us. And, and his word, isn't it so much more valuable? Uh, we believe the Bible. We, we believe in our head a lot of times, but when we let that sink down to our heart and, and know that we're loved by the Father, we know that we are children of God. Hey folks, I'm Steve. Um, Thanks for coming today. Um, So, Jesus help me. As as we were writing down our burdens um, in that circle, and I I was trying to think of what to write down, what what would the Lord have me write down? Um, I didn't immediately have just one thing come to mind. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just write down what comes and see if anything significant pops out. So as I was thinking, um, these, these things started to come to mind. I wrote down four things. Uh, one of them was um, a burden of having an imposter mentality, of believing really that I just didn't belong wherever I had been placed. Um, and that kind of carried through with me. Um, a poor self-image it was the second one, just thinking negatively of myself overall instead of positively. Um, The third was a performance mentality, just believing I have to work and put an effort to to be able to earn to be in the Lord's presence. Um, And as I wrote down the fourth one, I had a moment where I realized that they were all stemming from the same thing, and the fourth one sums it up, which is an orphan heart. Um, And I, I think I had disqualified myself in, in my past because of past doubts, failures, and fears that I've had. Um, and I really put myself in the position of being on probation. That's how I thought of myself. Um, and not, first and foremost, as a son of God. Um, so the Lord really dealt with this in an awesome way. I shared this with the group, um, as a lot of people did. And uh, others surrounded around me um, they laid hands on me, they prayed for me, and they spoke life over me. They called me a son and declared my God-given identity over me as a child of God. As this happened, I was able to begin to believe what these people were saying, and really the truth, really God's truth, and really believe again that I was a son of God. Uh, Romans 8.15 explains um, what I think my heart went through. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
And it was by God's spirit that I was able to see myself as God's son and see him as Abba, father, as daddy, father. And so that transformation happened in my heart as I began to believe what, those, what people were saying over me. A lot of those people are here right now. And as we prayed over others the same day and praying the days following, something really awesome happened. And as I prayed for people, even just the moment after that, and the following days, whether I was praying for a meal or an upcoming long day of hiking, I found, much to my surprise, that I had a lot more confidence and faith when I prayed because I knew who my father was, and I knew I was praying to my father because I was a son. He was going to care about what I had to say, and it had value, and I had influence as a son in the kingdom, so I knew my prayers would be heard. So Galatians 4, 7 the next verse I want to share, and it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. So because I was an heir, I was confident in my father's love for me, and I knew he'd hear my prayers. Um, So I don't always see as clearly as that, but, um, you know, our hearts can waver. Uh, But as I grow in consistent confidence in my identity in Christ as a son of God, and knowledge of my sonship, if I do forget who I am or wander in my heart, God's grace is awesome and so much, so able, and God is willing to bring us back to that heart that he has for us. Uh, and we know this, we know we, if I do waver, if we do waver, we can return to his heart for us, um, because it says in Hebrews thirteen five, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So... That's, it's not the end if we, if we wander from that, and the Lord can always bring us back to his heart as he showed me this past week. So, thanks. So, it was probably a week and a half or so um, before the trip, and um, it was one morning, and I was laying in bed, and um, my youngest sister was um, getting ready to head off to Funtown Splashtown for the day with her friends, and so I could hear her probably getting ready and stuff, and um, she left, and a few minutes later, I hear her pull back in the driveway and run in the house, and she had forgot her towel, and so, um, and I heard her leave again, and I hear my dad say, did she, did she remember her water shoes, and so I just, I was just, uh, I was just thinking about, so this particular sister tends to forget things when she goes places, and uh, I have a tendency to constantly remind her, Katie, don't forget this, don't forget that, <laughs> don't forget this, and uh, she doesn't always appreciate that, but, <laughs> um, but the real reason I do it is because I, I care about her, and I want her to have what she needs when she gets to where she's going. I, I don't want her to go without, and so um, I was just thinking about how um, I was just thinking about how God does that for us. And um, before we went into the woods, we had this huge um, packing list and, uh, to fill these backpacks. And it was, very, it was pretty detailed of everything we needed to bring. And so we're going over that list and making sure we have everything. And um, 
And so um, we got to the church, and uh, there were a few things that I brought along with me that I wanted to put in my pack that wasn't on the list. <laughs> and so we're going through, going through everything, and the leaders are looking over our stuff, and they're like, Adrian, you don't need that. And I'm like, I really want to bring it. <laughs> I need it. They're like, no, you don't, you don't need it. And so anyway, <laughs> I was just thinking about just thinking about just with the packing and, and uh, reminding my sister, don't forget this, don't forget that, but how the Lord, um, probably more gracefully than I do <laughs> to her, but the Lord does that for us. And um, just like ask, just asking myself, what is it, Lord, what is it that you want to put in my pack during this time? What is it that I need for where I'm going? What, what is it that you want to put inside of me for, that I'll have for where I'm going? And um, so there's also some things like I brought along with me or, and then had to lay down some things that maybe you've been carrying, like we've talked about, that is extra weight and you don't, you don't need them. And just like the leaders were like, you don't, you don't need that. It was true. I didn't need it. <laughs> I didn't need it, even though I, I really thought I did. And so um, I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? You know, you don't have to, you don't, like somebody said, you don't have to climb 40 miles in Wyoming to, to say, God, what is it that you want to put inside of me that I need for where I'm going? And, um, and he will be faithful to reveal that to you. And so I just feel like on this trip that the Lord was just like putting in my pack. He was just putting just fresh confidence and, uh, and um, just my identity in him. And just packing those things into me because ne you need those things for where you're going and you need those things for the people that you're going to. And um, you don't want to be <laughs> like that kid that's running out of the house and, oh, I'm ready to go. And, yeah, I'm, you know, the Lord's calling after. Adrian, Adrian, don't forget, you need this. You need this for where you're going. And so um, I just want to encourage you, just ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? What is it that you want to put inside of me during this time for where I'm going? And he will be faithful. He will be faithful to show you. And uh, I just want to read a verse. Um, I don't think it's on the screen because I didn't tell anybody, <laughs> but um, it's in Second Peter 1, 3. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so I just want to tell you to pack the promises, pack the promises in your pack, because that will be your map and compass to show you where you're, to show you where you're going, and um, it will be exactly what you need. So thank you. So I think for me, um, that day when we got to the circle, and we were all sitting around, starting to listen to the teaching, um, the burden that I think that really became my rock was value. Um, so for me, put it in context of the military, value was really based on performance. So whether I was valued on the team was based on my performance. So um, shift that to ministry, and I knew that all value was based on the fact that I was a son of God, that I was God's, and that he died for me, and that's where I get my value. It has absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with what God did for me by sending Jesus. Um, although when I shifted from being in church or teaching in church or doing things like this and shifting back into a more comfortable environment for me, a military type environment where I used to work outside and on the outdoors, it was very easy for me to shift back to finding my value in performance. So 
as I sat right there, I felt pretty valued because I felt like I was performing pretty well as we were moving through the mountains. Um, it would seem, though, that as we sat there and were listening, the Holy Spirit started to just to pull at my, pull at my heart. So um, when I was out there thinking that my value and identity was holy in Jesus and his calling, once that context changed again, so did my heart, realizing that my value and my identity could be based off my performance. So I was performing really, really hard. Um, So it was here on our trip where my value and identity took a hard shift to performance-based value and identity. I sought to get my value from others and how well I could do what needed to be done without the help of others. And I tried to increase my own value by way of taking on the identity of a self-performance leader as opposed to a servant leader. In other words, at this point, I started trying to do more and let people see me. Um, So the question I was asking myself is in, in the eyes of others, was I the best? Was I doing well? Was I actually performing well? Was I serving men? One of the questions that I came to ask myself right here in the circle was, was I serving men or was I serving God for his glory? So I just found it very familiar that when we move into places where God's trying to stretch us and grow us, it can be very comfortable or very uncomfortable because we start to be in a place where we're not used to being in. Um, and it's very often that the enemy is right there willing to give you something comfortable to keep you from growing where God wants you to grow. So at that point in the trip, it seemed very obvious to me that the enemy was right there wanting to hand me my body armor and my helmet and my rifle back and say, hey, you're good, you can perform. You don't need God, you can perform on your own. So, so in the end, what this time did for me is it identified the weaknesses in regards to leadership. Um, places in my heart that I needed to be guarding from places that the enemy was trying to draw me right back into. Um, And so what I think, what I was growing in there was places in my heart that when someone points to me and says like, hey, look at him, he's doing great, he's doing a good job. Um, for me, instead of going, that's right, yes, I am, God was trying to grow me to the point where it's like, it's not me, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him. Leading through letting Christ do through me as opposed to trying to do things on my own. So it was here that I found, again, that I shifted my identity and my value from what I could do alone to my identity value is from and in Jesus. Um, and it brought me to a verse that I actually didn't put up here. Um, I actually forgot to tell him about it. But is what, I was, what I was seeing when God gave me this verse is that I can be an amazing leader, a follower, a servant, or whatever. But it's only as Paul says in Philippians 4.13, and you've probably all heard it, and it says, I can do all things. And the most important point that stuck out to me was I can do all things through him who strengthens me, not in and of myself, not on my own, but it's through him who strengthens me. So I'd say what I learned is this, um, when our value and our identity are misplaced, when we begin to value who we are based off our own performance or what others think of us, um, when our value and identity are misplaced, we can do all sorts of things for Jesus. They will all fall flat if the source isn't in Jesus or the effort isn't through his power. So I'm sure there's plenty of people out there like myself who find their value and their identity in the things that they do and how well they do them. But at the end of the day, those are things that we can set aside because our value and our identity is in Christ Jesus. And it is the power of his son on the cross that gives us our value, which is far beyond any value we can generate for ourselves.
I feel like I've uh, been able to focus a little more on second service instead of trying to figure out a way to get to the back door. It's probably why PQ sat beside me. <laughs> um, my prayer is that as I've been listening, that I've been able to focus more on what's being said. And so my prayer for you all is that as we're telling our stories, that you focus on what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, because we all heard different things from one person, and it all, the Holy Spirit worked a work in each one of us that revealed something different to each one of us. So as you're listening, just really listen to what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you and what kind of burdens you may be carrying. Um, for me, I wasn't uh, taken off guard by what happened as much. The Holy Spirit started dealing with me a few weeks before we left on things that I was carrying. I was becoming more and more frustrated, and that's really out of my character. So I started asking God to show me what he was trying to reveal or what he was, what was going on here. And the thing, the burdens that I was carrying really started becoming clear to me, and I started trying to pray into some of those things. But I, I knew that I wasn't, it, it was going to be moments where I wasn't going to be able to just say, okay, God, this is me and you. I'm laying this down at your feet, and I can walk away from this. It was going to be something that I was going to have to confront with people. I needed people with me. I needed to verbalize it, say it out loud, and then lay those things down. Uh, the Mountain Gateway team split us up into groups, and a few weeks before we left, they began to pray over us. And I'm pretty sure that that's when those frustrations for me started surfacing. So, um, in 2014, uh, my daughter met a guy online, and she slipped out the house after I went to bed, and he raped her. Um, I was just coming to the very end of a 40-day limited food fast, and that's where the first few seeds of doubt were planted for me. Um, I realized that because I started thinking that because I couldn't be shaken or the enemy couldn't trip me up, then he went after my kids and he attacked. That's where I was. That was a weak point for me. Uh, I tried to shake those thoughts and I became even more determined to not allow the enemy to win. So I pushed on. And in January of 2015, our church did a 21-day fast. And I decided during that fast to continue it further than the 21 days. So I did a fast with the church, and every other day I did a water-only fast. And I did this for about three months. At the end of March, my daughter was picked up by a guy who trafficked her for five weeks. It was only by the grace of God and a lot of prayer that she was found and returned home. The next couple of years was very difficult. I put all of my focus in trying to help her. Uh, I stopped reading the Bible every day. I stopped fasting. I began to blame myself for not being able to stop what had happened or not seeing the signs. I allowed those signs, the thoughts to settle into my mind and my heart that because the devil couldn't derail me, that he went after my children. So I began to put my head down. And I just did enough to try to stay under the radar. I didn't want to go too far. I didn't want to pursue my destiny. I didn't want to make too many waves because 
It didn't really matter to me what happened to me, but it did matter to me what happened to my children. Um, the truth of the matter is that as long as you're not going forward, you become stagnant and you sit still. If you're not pursuing your destiny, the enemy still wins. He's not going to stop chasing after us or attacking us. He's not going to stop chasing our children. They have destinies too. They have to learn to stand on their own feet and fight, and they learn that by watching us. I remember those days as we were going, that, that day that we were off trail, and I was one of the scouts. I was, there was three of us, and we were looking for routes, and there was many times where there was no path clear, or there was a small path, but it would end up being a dead end, and could hear Bailey constantly in the background saying, just choose a path and keep pushing forward. Can't stop. There's nowhere to stop here. You just have to keep pushing forward. Um, so after that morning with the devotion, uh, or right before, right before the devotion, we did our prayer time, our sit time, and I went and sat up on a rock, and I was praying, and I tried to lay all these things down, and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that you're going to have to confess this. You're going to have to say this. And I was very fortunate enough to be put into an environment where a, a group of people made me feel safe and made it okay for me to say these things out loud and made it okay for me to set those things down that I had been trying to carry for such a long time. So I would encourage everyone here that you listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. Listen to the things that he's revealing to you. Find some people to get into relationship with because this is a safe place. This is a place of encouragement. And through the help and the strength of other people, I was able to walk down that hill and cast my burdens into that lake. And I, I couldn't have done it without them. Let me just say this, and we'll wrap this up today. Um, you know, I think it's pretty interesting. Before we left on this trip, I, I would say that I know all these guys up here really well. And I've had very in-depth conversations, open, honest, vulnerable conversations with every one of them. Uh, but, you, you know, I think a lot of times what happens is even when we know someone well, sometimes we are shocked by the burdens that they're carrying. In other words, like, if I can just, and hopefully I don't embarrass anyone here, but like you get around Kurt, Kurt comes off as a very, very confident guy. Uh, truthfully was probably one of the best leaders we had out there. And you'd never guess in a thousand years. I, I didn't know from previous conversations, but, but you would never guess in a thousand years that fear would grip him the way that it grips him. You know, as far as, uh, once again, like Tommy said, you know, Tommy, obviously, here's a guy that flows under the anointing. All those things, you would never guess that they were there. Here's Wes that, you know, has been extremely successful in the, in the banking and business world. And once again, you never think that here's a guy that struggles uh, with worth. And then, you know, even that there's this deep wound uh, that goes all the way back 27 years ago that has caused him to be, uh, you know, basically paralyzed, I would say, in some ways of experiencing God's love and, uh, and just seeing himself as a son of God. You know, here's a guy that's an engineer, probably one of the smartest dudes that I know. 
and uh, you, you know that you had never guessed that here's this guy that's wrestling with does God even hear me when I pray right I literally I remember him saying that he told Chris he said I finally I finally believe that God hears me when I pray and I just cried like a baby because there's so many things that we take for advantage right and you know and here's Chris I would say that definitely one of the best leaders but the reality is is he is like so many other men right I should just say people that that just find their value and what they're good at what they do their job their talents their abilities and they hide behind all those things and uh, and in the middle of all that they're forgetting that uh, all that really that's temporal it just goes to the wayside at the end of the day is who we are in Jesus it's the eternal blood the one that really makes us of value and worth amen amen and then you know you get around David David's an incredible leader this dude knows Jesus, walks with Jesus. I would have never guessed in a thousand years that years ago he put it in park. Wouldn't have known it, right? I, I was there when he was going through all that. I was praying with him about all that. So it was Miss Tave and Candace and Josiah. We were all there praying, you know, for his daughter and other things that were happening. And I would have never, ever, ever guessed that he's not going to do it. So, so here's what that tells me. And I don't know what you heard today when you were listening to all these guys. Uh, but the reality is, is what it shows us is that every person carries a burden in some way. Some of us admit it, some of us don't admit it. Uh, you know, the route is, you know, that, that long night hike that we were all talking about. My adrenaline was so pumped. I was having so much fun. The reality was, is I forgot that I had 55 pounds on my back. I was having a blast. Okay, but, but here's what's crazy, and here's why I say that. It's because I think some of us are so used to what we're carrying, we forget that it's even there. Like, we don't even realize that it's, that it's hindering us. Because the truth is, is like he said, you know, we're trying to go under logs. I mean, I'm crawling under logs with all that on my back, and it would have been a whole lot easier if that wasn't there. Am I making sense? So, so listen, I, I, I would just encourage you today to not let pride and not to let your own fear in another direction to stop you from admitting that you're carrying something today that you weren't designed to carry. You hear me? See, we have a promise from Jesus, and it's this. We'll throw it up on the screen. Jesus said this, come to me. He's the only one that can carry it. Amen? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Somebody say burdened says, and I will give you rest. See, I didn't say this, but you know, um, the, what I realized, the rock that I was carrying that day, what I wrote, is trying to live up to everybody's expectations. Man, that'll wear you out. Right? And, and, and my leader, Dusty Hammock, his real name's Hoyt. His nickname's Dusty. Um, but it's funny, Dusty Hammock. Y'all can remember that one. But, um, but, but what he actually wrote in, in mine, uh, here, I'll, I'll actually, I'll read it to you. Because this was a word from Jesus. Here's a man that I have been on Zoom calls, but he really doesn't know me. And it shows that, man, he went and prayed and he heard from Jesus. Here's what he said. PQ, you have become the tip of the spear as Jesus takes new territory. I received that. He says, you have taken great risks with great faith. Your eyes are weary with study. He don't even know. Your feet are tired for all your going and your hands are weak from all your helping. Beyond true. It says, over the next uh, few days, cultivate a rhythm of rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he said, rest is an elusive discipline. 
discovered only in reckless abandonment of our own abilities. My prayer for you is a fresh awakening of rest. Slow down and listen for the whisper of heaven. I looked at him with tears in my eyes and said, Pastor Dusty, I don't have a clue how to rest. I don't know how to do it. And honest with y'all, it's when the rock had to go. Thankfully, I didn't fall. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you today, man, just, just what, what's your rock? If I can just maybe use an analogy, you know, when Tommy was being very open and honest about his struggle going up that mountain, and it was, it was difficult. And, uh, and, you know, and Wes and Steve and, and the other guys, Kyle and Garrett on this team said, hey, man, uh, give us some of your stuff so you can basically have a lighter load. That's what Jesus wants to do for you this morning. Right? He wants to come, and he's not asking you to just, uh, you know, take out, you know, half of your food rations and give it to him. He's asking you to take off the pack and give it to him. Amen? So let me pray, and Tommy's going to sing a song. And, um, and I just asked these guys this morning, because listen, that there's transformations happen in their lives. And my prayer this morning is to transfer, that there be a transfer of that transformation into your life. Amen? If we're willing to be honest. Okay, because you can only give what you've received, and these guys have received transformation. And so if you would like prayer today for anything, I don't care if it was something they talked about or not, whatever your burden is, man, bring it to the Lord and find some rest. Can we do that today? The way the other guy said, man, I was hesitant, should I say it? Man, don't miss your moment. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, the same way that we made room for you, on the top of that mountain, I don't know, seven days ago, where we make room for you in this moment. God, I'm asking that the same way that you revealed so that you could heal our hearts, God, I'm asking the way you did it then, you'll do it now. Lord, I'm asking God for my brothers and sisters in the faith, Lord, if they're carrying anything. Some people around here are carrying pebbles. Some folks in here are carrying boulders. Uh, Lord, I'm asking that they would just be willing to give it to you. Father, I pray that you would show them, God, the things that they have become uh, so used to, that they've become used to living a burden life. Maybe it's a burden that, uh, you know, is their own. I think for some people, they've adopted burdens. They've adopted offenses. Maybe their burden is a sickness. I don't have a clue, God. But, but Lord, I believe, God, there's people that have it on their own, and they have others that they're trying to help people carry, and it's wearing them out. And, Lord, like me today, they need rest. They need rest in you. So, Lord, would you give us the courage to simply just step out to encounter you today? Holy Spirit, we thank you for doing this. We thank you for transformation. We thank you for a release of rest, a release of life. We release of uh, just refreshing in our lives today in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.